Hey everyone, this is Jay from Ethereus, and you are listening to House of Noise. Welcome to House of Noise. All right. We sound so damn sexy when we say that. It gives Welcome me the chills. To House of Noise. <laughs> oh, well, my could, God. I could do it. Welcome to House of Noise, everybody. No, you have to do it in your radio voice. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do it now. <laughs> Welcome to House of Noise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> screaming Jenna, screaming Jim, coming at you. Yeah. Okay. So this episode, we interviewed uh, Jay from Ethereus. Yes, and uh, this was an instrumental. Yes, an all instrumental. All band. instrumental. Uh, we talked uh, about a ton of different stuff. Yeah. Uh, like how he likes to treat his guitar like a vocal because yeah. there's no singing. It's no instrumental singing. people. It, his guitar talks kind of like Steve Vai made his guitar talk with uh, Dave Lee Roth and Which stuff. You're, if you're Anya familiar Heroes. with any of uh, Mark Rizzo's work, he does a lot he, of yep, instrumental work too. He does. Work too. Yeah. He's Which got a couple instrumental. About, we did talk about in the interview. We did. We did. Uh, how about his tour with uh, Nita Strauss? Oh, yep. Yep, who uh, played with um, Alice Cooper. Uh, we also talked about why he plays seven string, and when he was a kid, he, his parents took him to a country concert. Made and... him suffer the country music. So, anyway, we hope you all enjoy this interview with Jay, and give our show a follow. Give our Facebook page a like. Leave us a message on Anchor. All the links are in the description, uh, plus the links to all of... Ethereus's uh, social medias and websites. Yeah. So enjoy this interview with enjoy J- it. Jay from That's Ethereus. an order. That's, that's Jay is. Uh, oh, that is an order. Yeah. Jay is. Um, Jay's awesome. I was going to rhyme it, but I can't. Jay will brighten your day. There you Boom. 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 Should have been a Drop rap the artist. Mic. Yeah. All right. Enjoy. All right. Bye. Jay. Hey, hello. So, uh, tell us uh, how's uh, everything going. Uh, I mean, as best as as it can right now. Um, just promoting the new album. You know, it came out on April seventeenth. So, just working hard trying to get it out to as many people as possible. How have the reviews been so far? How have people have been uh, reviewing the album? It's been it's been good. I mean, like Blabbermouth gave it a nice review. Yeah, I mean, it seems like all the blogs yeah. have been into it. So yeah, I mean, so far it's been positive. I wanted to ask you what when you decided to, um, you know, go off on your own and create your own band. What helped make your decision to do just instrumental? Um, well, first of all, I don't. I'm not a singer, um, so I don't write lyrics. So that's part of it. Okay. Uh, and the other part of it too is just like I have like the kind of vocals that I'm into. Um, like I mean, I listen to death metal and stuff, but like if I was gonna have a band with a singer, like I'm into like Jeff Tate, you know, Stu Block, Russell Allen, Matt Barlow, like that realm of singing. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I just felt like I wasn't gonna find somebody that good 
to do it justice. So, and I always wanted to do an instrumental album, even going back to when I was a kid, like when I first discovered like Satriani and Vi. So it's something I've always wanted to do. And then I just finally decided, you know what, I might as well just do it now, you know, better late than never. And, and that's, that's really where it started. Now, if you came across the perfect singer, like this guy just blew you away. It's everything you looked you were looking for. Would you add a singer? Uh, I mean, we would definitely collaborate with a singer for maybe yeah. a song. Okay. Uh, but I don't think we do a full album like that. Yeah. If you write music stylistically for like an instrument and that's your aim or you really just want to focus on that and then you have to kind of change your writing style to write it for a singer, if it changes the direction of your band, it kind of defeats the purpose if that's not the direction you want to go. Well, I think you know I mean? for... I definitely see what you're saying for us though. I mean, I treat the lead guitar as a vocal. Right. Um, you know, when you listen to our music, every song has, you know, a hook. Mm -hmm. So there's always that one, like, you know, sort of chorus that repeats that one mm -hmm. melody that always comes back. So I think, so, and, and that comes from just me trying to write, um, write solos or melodies, like as if I was a singer, you know, I try to like mimic that mimic a vocalist. So right. I think if we did, the music that we have, like if we were to put vocals over, I think it would work out just fine because of that. Well, that's what Steve Vai does, though. I mean, yeah. like yeah. Steve Vai does that, Ingve Malmsteen, a lot of the um, guitar greats, even uh, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Steve Vai had Devin Townsend on one of his records so yes. back in the day. So, yeah. yeah. I love Steve Vai. I loved him with um, when he was with uh, David Lee Roth, too. Yeah, I mean, even the White Snake record he did uh, was a slip of the tongue. That was a yeah. great album. Yes. Um, his solo stuff is great too. I mean, like Passion of Warfare, you know, that's like the pinnacle. I think, um, you know, he does do some weird things that I'm like, eh, you know, yeah. I, I could yeah. take it or I could take it or leave it. But overall, yeah, he's a great composer. Did you see him when he came? When he was, because I know he recently did. Didn't he do like a guitar greats? tour or something or maybe uh, well they were doing the the generation x thing yeah it was vi and ingve and yes. zach wild and tosin abasi and uh nuno was there yeah yep. and yep. i feel like there was one other guy that i'm missing but that was pretty much it, it was those guys yeah i haven't no i haven't seen that yet i haven't seen vi i've seen ingve a couple times never saw satriani so i gotta make that it's like a bucket list yeah. i gotta see them <laughs> yeah, we missed it when it came when they came through too. Yeah, we did. You can't catch them all. You can't go to every kind. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen <laughs> I've seen Ingve a couple times, and it was like the, one of the loudest concerts I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, because he's got you know like twenty or thirty Marshall stacks. He's got like fifty Marshall heads. Like just, I mean, it's just so loud. But it's great. It's worth yeah. it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. So your first musical exposure was to country. Yeah, yeah, my parents like country music. Yeah. Um so they used to they used to drag me to country concerts when I was younger and I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> was it like, you know, the classic country artists, the, you know, like the the Waylands and the Willies and George Strait? A little Strait bit of that. It was like um like I remember we seen yeah, it was like Clint Black, we mm, saw okay. seen Alan Jackson, um well, I know we saw Hank Williams Jr. one mm. time, and he was really drunk yeah. and like screaming. So I just, I was, yeah, it was, it was not a good time. Well, I know you have an appreciation for it all now. Uh yeah, a little bit. Would you? Um, that begs my next question, though, because I know, like, for example, Devil Driver, they actually did a country, um, kind of like a outlaw country, um, 
album where they collaborated with, you know, several other artists covering like the older country style music. Um, That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Would you guys ever consider doing like something the, like doing a the, cross if, if genre the right, thing? If the like right people and the right yeah. collab ever came together. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're open to anything. So I think if it was, yeah, if it was the right thing to do, if we thought it was the right thing to do, yeah, we would absolutely do it. Yeah. What was it like touring back in 2018 with Nita Strauss? It was fun. Um, it was a little bit stressful. I mean, we went through a couple of tour managers, long story, long story, but whatever. Um, <laughs> no, no it, was, it was great. No, it was great. It's like, you know, the thing with Nita is like, she's, you know, playing with the biggest, one of the biggest rock stars in history. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's having a huge solo career herself too. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. You know, it's just like no ego, you know, she's very down to earth and just like all about the music and just not, you know, she doesn't buy into the, I don't know how you want to say the the whole rock star persona. I mean, she definitely, she definitely brings that on stage, but Mm -hmm. she doesn't act like that. You know, she's very down to earth. So yeah, it was a, it was a good experience. That seems to be a fading fad that, you know, I'm happy to see go because, you know, seeing these guys, like, I understand you hit a certain level, you can't you can't greet every fan. You can't say hi to everybody. And after a while it gets overwhelming, but yeah. you know, at the same time, you still got to greet fans. And you still got to meet people. Yeah. So. I mean, that's, that's the thing with Nita too. Like, you know, I mean, her and Angel would do like, you know, people would pay for like a VIP, but it's like, you're getting like a little bit of like a Q and a, and like a little bit of a masterclass too. You know, they'll play oh, guitar, cool. they'll answer questions. And then after the show, I mean, the two of them would be, you know, at the merch table, like shaking everybody's hand until the last person there, until the last person was there, you know, and they would stay there for, you know, hour, two hours after the show, just talking to people, signing wow. stuff, you know, until everybody got what they wanted. Yeah, that's that's cool. what I like to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, Angel Vivaldi, is he related to the composer Vivaldi? He is not. <laughs> Have you been asked that before? Uh, once or twice, yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Vivaldi. Vivaldi was a great composer, and stuff. oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I love classical music too. I mean, going back to the Ingve influence, like yeah. listening to him, that got me checking out, you know, Paganini and Bach and Vivaldi and mm-hmm. stuff, because that's where he came from. So I wanted to know where he got a lot of his inspiration from, and that's where that's when I started getting into it is through him. Now, I know um, Randy Rhodes, God bless his soul, uh, was another one of your influences. And I know, I believe, from what I've read, he was also a classically trained guitarist. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah was um, the sound, the way he played, was it the tone of his guitar or was it just kind of like the way he played? Was it the melodies or, you know, what kind of brought you and, you know, in tune with him? The thing I got from Randy was really layering. Um, Cause when you listen to like diary of a madman, the whole album, but and especially that song, you know, it's, he's layering acoustic guitar, classical guitar, electric guitar. And that really kind of showed me how to orchestrate guitar parts. So it was really the sound, what he played, the melodies he played. Um, that's really what influenced me the most. Um, even too, like he would triple track his guitar solos. I started doing that too, you know, and just layering acoustic guitar with electric guitar. Like that's, I, Randy is really where I got a lot of that from. Cause he was great at that. Just the melodies, the chords he would play and just the way he would layer the guitar parts, the electric guitar on top of the acoustic guitar and just orchestrate it. Oh, okay. 
it was beautiful. So that's where, that's really where I got a lot of, that's the influence of Randy is really that, you know, just the way he layered things in the studio and the melodies he played. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen him, you know, what he would have turned into. Cause I mean, he was, he was a phenom. He was great. He was, yeah, awesome. I mean, yeah. You know, and as the story goes, he was going to quit Ozzy's mm-hmm. band to pursue classical guitar. <laughs> yeah. So who yeah. knows? Yeah. You know, exactly. Um, another I think another great uh, instrumentalist and would be Cliff Burton. Yeah. I mean, you know, at that time, I mean, nobody was playing bass like that. Yeah. So, yeah, he definitely left his mark. And he and you listen to early Metallica, the the jump from Kill 'Em All to Ride the Lightning, mm. just how different both those albums are. I think a lot of that is Cliff mm-hmm. Burton. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Have you been able to meet? Um, some of your influences, obviously the ones that are still here on this earth. Like I know Iced Earth is another band that really resonates with resonates you. with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I mean I've I did get to meet John Schaefer um because I tracked down their bus after a show one night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, he was really cool, you know. It, like, you know, after the show they just played like a two hour set. So, you know, he's like going to like grab a shower somewhere and get some food. So right. but he still like he still took the time a couple minutes to like sign some stuff and just answer some questions. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, I met Zach Wild um, at I think at Ozfest like way long time ago, maybe eighteen or nineteen years ago, and uh, you know he was really cool. Um, and I'm trying to think of who else I've really met. Like re- in recent years, um, I mean we toured with Gus G. Oh, so, nice. And at the time, at the time he was still playing with Ozzy, mm. and um, and same thing like Nita, just like no ego, you know, no yeah. no rock star, uh, just a really cool guy and a lot of fun to to play with that's so cool i was wondering because of your your love for classical music is that why you decided to bring in some strings and Mm -hmm. pianos Mm -hmm. into um the album yeah i mean absolutely um and and it goes to my drummer my drummer and our other guitar player um you know they, they both play piano and especially our other guitar player he studied jazz and classical in school so you know he knows how to he knows how to orchestrate things. Um, so they, they did a lot of the keyboards. They did all the keyboard stuff on this album. Um, so yeah, definitely. We all have that influence. If you had the opportunity, would you like to play with a full orchestra or at least, you know, a lot Mm. uh, like a string section and maybe some horns or something like that? I mean, I think that would be cool. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I'd want to do like a thing like Metallica did where they had an orchestra playing their music. Uh, I would want to do something more like what Malmsteen did, where he actually composed a concerto with an orchestra, right. you know, oh, a, yeah. a new piece of music. Yeah. I think that's more of what I would rather do. Yeah, yeah. you're right in line with uh, Rizzo because I thought when we asked Mark Rizzo about that same question, he was like, "Oh yeah, definitely." So yeah, yeah, I and mean, Rizzo's another freaking amazing guitar mm-hmm. player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All that man does is eat, sleep, and play guitar. And yeah, I mean, oh, and, the, and work out. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty much the same way. So it must be a Jersey thing. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we saw that you're friends with uh, Nick from Brand of Jewels too. Nick's cool, man. Yeah. We're uh, we're not like we're not like best friends or anything, but yeah, Nick and I are, are cool, man. We uh, 
we definitely, you know, we played some shows together. I, I've gone to see his band. So, yeah. Yeah, we actually, um, we've actually seen Brandon Jules a couple times and interviewed them twice and stuff. So. Yeah, because they've toured. They've done a bunch of touring. Yeah, yeah. yeah I they think have. they should be touring right now. I know you guys are supposed to be out touring too, right? Yeah. We were supposed to tour in April. Yeah, that tour would have ended, uh, I think, April 29th was supposed to be the last show. Such a bummer. That that wasn't yeah. that wasn't the one with Legion, was it? That yeah, that oh. was the one. Yeah. God, and Legion's such an awesome band yeah. too. <laughs> we yeah, we were. I think we were supposed to come to Michigan for that one. Of course. I can't remember. <laughs> I mean, the tour's going to be rescheduled, so it'll happen. I just don't know when. I I would bet next yeah. year. Yeah, it seems like everything is going to end up being next year. Unfortunately. Yeah, I hope that. It gives people an appreciation again for live music. Yes, me too. <laughs> me too, for sure. I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, the video for uh, Pyramid of Mirrors. How did you guys do that? Because that's pretty cool. Uh, we were one night we were because we we talk once a week, you know, through Skype and just mm-hmm. kind of discuss like ideas, you know, what we want to do for videos because we're supposed to do we're supposed to do a video with this huge production. Um, and it got canceled. Well, it got postponed, really. The video is still going to happen, but it's probably not going to be done until maybe June or July. Mm. Right. So we were trying to figure out, like, all right, what can we do? So it was like, all right, let's just do, like, a video with us, like, in quarantine. And then, I don't know, for some reason, I had the idea of, like, oh, let's make it like the Brady Bunch intro oh, where yeah. everybody's looking at each other. <laughs> and sure enough, sure enough, we found, because uh, my bass player, he, he does video editing for his day mm. job. So he's really okay. good at that. So he found a uh i guess a plug-in that get that has that template with the intro with the boxes and everything so we're like all right let's let's do that so we had to coordinate like all right at this time you know you're gonna look up all right and at this time you're gonna look down so we had to coordinate when and and where people were gonna look and it's a lot harder than it seems it took us a few like somebody would send it in it's like oh you're looking the wrong way do it again oh you're looking the wrong way i'll do it again and it's like it's like, oh god damn it, come on now. And then we finally got we finally got it. <laughs> yeah, that would be uh that'd be maddening actually. I mean, it would help if you had somebody pointing at you like, all right, you go now. Now you Well go. yeah, you know, it was one of those things where where uh like we would we would put like a screenshot and be like, all right, at this time, this is where you're supposed to look and like break it down as simple as possible. And it, it worked out. So Yeah, it all it, all <laughs> it just took a few out. tries. All right, so I wanted to, I wanted to talk to you about the Kiesel guitars. So when did you get hooked up with uh, mm, with them? Mm-hmm. Uh, when was it? twenty? I want to say twenty fifteen. So the first tour, the first Angel Vivaldi tour that we did was in twenty fifteen, mm. and we actually went to the Kiesel factory when we were out there. Okay. And um, so we met Jeff and and everybody, and he took us through the factory, and um, and it was really there. Uh, he. He picked out two guitars and he was like, "Here, try these out. See if you like them." And that was it. I took them with me. I played the rest of the tour with them, and I really liked them. So that was that was where it started. So then, uh, 2016 went to Nam and kind of finalized the deal there, and I've been playing them ever since. So what were you what were you playing before? Have you ever played them before? Uh, never. I never played them before. I mean, I knew Carvin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because obviously they used to be Carvin. Right. Um, I mean, I play Ibanez. I have a mm. bunch of guitars. I mean, I have some Ibanezes. I have. I used to be a huge Jackson guy. Like I had. Okay. I had yeah. a million Jacksons that I've bought and sold over the years. So, Jackson and Ibanez were like the ones. Um, and I still have a bunch of those. You know, le- still with me. 
um but the kiesel is really I, I love those guitars they're great and um you know and, and they whenever i need anything you know they're usually there and but i'm not like real picky it's like i have a guitar like i'm good you know i don't right. really need anything yeah. so <laughs> what is it is it the tone that they give off is it the feel it's it's all of that and it's the the custom the colors you can get mm. just the options i mean you can get you know a, a u.s made guitar you know with your specs for you know a little maybe i would say you know a little bit cheaper than you would pay for like a really high-end custom shop from another mm. company okay. okay so i mean you could customize it i mean obviously the more the crazier you get with the specs the more expensive it gets but I mean, you can get an American Kiesel for, you know, $1,200, $1,500, which is almost unheard of for any other brand. Mm -hmm. So it's just it's just the options. There's so many different colors, wood. You can, I mean, you could customize it exactly how you want it. That's nice. Now, have you always played a seven string? Not always. Um, I started with the seven string in 2009. You know, before that, I was kind of reluctant. Actually, the only reason I started playing a seven is when I tried out for Angel's Band. Um, cause he sent me some of the music and I was like, there's no way I can play this on a six. <laughs> right. so, so I was like, all right, I need to get a seven if I'm going to do this right. So that's, that's really where it was. 2009 is when I started playing it. Just never looked back, huh? Yeah. Yeah. How long did it take you to get used to it? Not too long. I mean, cause when you think about it, it's really, it's really just five extra frets, right? you know, um, you know, five, five extra notes really. Uh, it didn't take long at all. Like going from a seven to an eight. I, I don't play an eight string, but going from a seven to an eight was like, for me, that was crazy. Cause I mean, I have small hands to begin with. So I was like, nah, I can't, I can't do an eight. I'm, I'm good with seven. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> <laughs> what's your, what's your current collection up to right now? Um, I mean, I've got like eight or nine, I like four or five Kiesels. I got a couple Ibanezes. Um, I got a Taylor acoustic. Uh, yeah, I got maybe like seven or eight guitars. I have an old Dean Flying V that I've had since I was 15. Nice. Um, I have my my first electric guitar, which was a Squire. Mm. Um, that I still have. I mean, I took it apart, so it's kind of in pieces right now. But <laughs> eventually, I want to rebuild it, and make it like my own little Frankenstein. Oh, nice. Now, is that? Is, do you think that's something important for guitar players to be able to take apart their oh. guitars and put them back together? Um, I think. Not necessarily. I think knowing how to set up your own guitars is important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, knowing how to adjust the neck, how to change strings, how to adjust the tension, how to how to fix the action, how to how to intonate the guitar like that to me is important. Um, but not necessarily knowing how to wire pickups. That's all. It's all definitely good to know. But as long as you have like a basic idea of what everything does, how to set it up, how to set the neck, how to set your pickup height, action, intonation, all that stuff. Uh, I think that's the most important thing. Were you self-taught for all that, or did you uh, have people that mentored you and showed you how to do all of it? I mean, a lot of it I learned on my own. Um, but I mean, I have friends. You know, I have a friend who's a tech. Um, just in even learning from like uh, techs that we've toured with, just how to do things. You know, they have little tricks in here. You know, here and there. So I've learned. I've definitely learned from people over the years. You and your bandmates. Had you guys known each other prior to coming together or was it kind of like music that brought you together? So I've known, I've known Zachy, our drummer. Um, I mean, really it is all music that brought us together, but mm -hmm. I knew Zachy for, for a while. I mean, at least 10 years. Oh, wow. Uh, Cause his old band 
and my old band, we used to play shows together all the time. Oh, okay. Um, my bass player, Chris, he was in my old band with me. So, <laughs> I mean, we, you know, our, our relationship goes back same time, like yeah. eight or 10 years. Um, John, our other guitar player, um, we got him through Zachy. Um, Zachy knew him through some other people from another band. And, um, that was it. I mean, he was, you know, John was looking for a band to play with and we liked the way he played and that was it. So yeah, yeah, we've all pretty much known each other for a long time. So I imagine you guys really didn't have too many like growing pains with each other come when you, after you came together. No, I mean, I think it's really just figuring out what we're all good at, uh, and just really how we write. You know, because like the first album, um, so for the first EP that we did in 2018, I already wrote, I wrote all the music for it. Mm, Um, And I brought the music because originally I was going to just do like a solo album. It wasn't going to be a band. It was just going to have my name on it. Uh, And then I started jamming with Zachy and we started working out the arrangements and everything. And then when the band was like kind of put together, yeah, I I, I figured, you know what, like, let's just make it a band because everybody had some really cool ideas for, you know, riffs here and there so that was when i decided you know let's just make it a band thing and so the first ep even though i wrote all the music i mean the guys helped me out with the arrangements and stuff this album was more collaborative so everybody brought ideas you know chaos order renewal at the, in the current climate is very fitting as far as the uh d you know diy do-it-yourself kind of thing that was something that you continued on with this next this next album you still work with angel but you guys do a lot you did a lot of the stuff yourself right yeah yeah everything i mean you know obviously there's things that we're not so good at that we can't do like artwork and stuff you know we have someone who does the artwork for us um but i mean everything you know writing recording you know even mixing and mastering we send out to someone um but like writing and recording and producing and stuff like we do that all ourselves and you know printing merch doing just getting everything ready for the tour it's all financed we finance it so yeah we do as much of it as we can ourselves yeah and in regards to merchandise you know how frequently do you change up the designs like for shirts and stuff like that or do you is it from like album to album or is it pretty much you know what works for for you guys as far as the frequency at which things get like changed up and stuff I mean, for us, because um, I mean, at, at the end of the day, we're still a small band that not a lot of people know about. Mm-hmm. So there's really no point in us having like a ton of merch that we're not going to sell. Right. right. So we just keep it simple. You know, we have one shirt design, we have both albums, and that's it. As we get maybe we get more demand for other things, mm-hmm. then we'll add more merch. But I think right now we just keep it simple just because. If we have all these merch items, we're going to have all this inventory that we're not selling. Right. Right. Yeah, right. So I just don't want to put the horse before the cart, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I do. I know sometimes like I go to a show and a band's got like 10 different shirt designs and it's just like, it's too much. Yeah. yeah. So we just keep it simple. One shirt, both albums, and that's it. And then when, obviously when we do a tour, like we'll have a little bit more to offer. And then as demand grows and we'll, we'll, branch out a little more print more merch items but right now i think that's just keep it simple as far as distribution you know how best have you guys found to distribute your ep and your lps is it physical copies is it digital you know digital platform only vinyl like it's both um you know we sell physical discs most of our sales are digital you know Bandcamp. you know we're on spotify Mm -hmm. too so Bandcamp, spotify um 
and like Amazon, Apple Music, it's all, you know, all there. Um, you know, we do physical too, obviously for tours and stuff, you know, got to have physical discs. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, vinyl, I mean, I've had one or two people ask me about vinyl. I would love to do vinyl if again, it's if there's pricey. a demand for it. Right. Like cuz it's expensive exactly. Yeah. So yeah. if there's an if there if in the future there are enough people who are demanding for us to print vinyl, then absolutely I would I would do it. Would you do like a colored vinyl or would you do something special for it? I think yeah, I mean if we're going to do something like that, it would have to be I think it would be I don't know. I I think it would be cool to do something to add a little more to it instead of just like reprinting the yeah. album that we already have. You know, right. it'd have yeah. to be like a special thing. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And you can be real creative with that stuff too. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, you can get like colored. You know, the the you can get colored records, and I mean, yeah. there's so many different things you can do with it. Exactly. Exactly. I want to go back. Let's go back to your uh, childhood a little bit. I mean, obviously, you got dragged to country uh, shows a lot, but obviously, your parents were you know, into music and they loved it. It's, you know, enough to go to concerts and everything. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I don't, it's, it's funny you say it. Cause I mean, I don't, despite that, I don't really come from a musical family. Um, you know, I'm the only one in the family that plays an instrument. <laughs> no, they, they have a love for it. I but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, my parents were always cool. You know, they always supported me. I never got any pushback. You know, it's like, why do you want to do this? You know, like right. get a real job or yeah. something. So yeah, when you decided to go metal, they were they weren't like, what are you doing? That's the devil music. <laughs> no, I was no, I was nothing like that. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of kid were you in school? Were you pretty popular, or just hang out with uh, the bad kids? Um, I mean, I'm just like, I was always quiet. You know, just yeah. like for me, I just want to play guitar all day and, and that was it so i you know i stayed out of trouble just because i was you know every day just coming from school get my work done as quickly as possible and just play guitar like all day every day <laughs> when did you start getting lessons um well, i started playing right around i guess right around the time i started playing i was 13 when i started playing okay so um yeah i mean i started taking lessons when i was 13 through high school um and then I took lessons maybe three or four years and then I stopped. I was kind of on my own for a while. Took a couple of theory courses in college. Um, you know, and I take less, I still take lessons here and there, but yeah, I'm not, I didn't, you know, like I took theory courses in college, but I didn't really go to school. So I'm not like school in the traditional sense, you know, okay. where I went to music school and like have a degree and all that stuff. You know, from when you first started playing guitar to now, have you changed anything stylistically or maybe even from each album to the EP to the LP to the current to uh, chaos order renewal? Have you changed anything, maybe added some stylistic changes to your repertoire? Um, I think brought more acoustic elements to it. You know, a little more like I love jazz fusion, mm. you know, like mm -hmm. Al Miola and stuff like that. So I, I try to bring a little more of that into it. Um, yeah, and and more uh, like I don't really play classical guitar in the traditional sense, right? Um, you know, but I'm I'm just more into like violin and trying to mimic that stuff on the guitar. So oh, I try to bring more of that. Like on this album, we brought more. There's more acoustic guitar than than ever before. So I would say, yeah, bringing more like acoustic, maybe a little bit of jazz to it. Do you find that when you make changes like that, have your fans been? really you know receptive supportive, supportive or you know because sometimes when you make a change some fans are like whoa you know this is like too different or <laughs> this you know what i fell in love yeah. with. yeah i mean i i don't really worry about that <laughs> 
but I mean, so far people have liked it because at the end of the day, it's a kick-ass metal record. Yeah, yeah, for so sure. So that's you know, no matter what, you know, there's acoustic guitar, there's there's fast riffs, there's slower riffs, there's more groove, like there's a ton of melody, but all at the end of the day, it's still just like a metal record that I think whether no matter what subgenre you listen to, I think there's something there for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I well, agree. I think yeah, it yeah. sounds great. Well, you're definitely playing for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I mean, you know, important. there's a yeah, absolutely. I mean, we you know we gotta if we like it, then hopefully other people will like it. Yeah, and that and that, I think that's the way you should do music. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I mean, because if you try to just jump on, okay, well, people didn't like this about this album, or people didn't like this about this. Let's try this. You know, you start like you're gonna make yourself crazy. Yes. You can't. You you'll never please everyone. There's no. always gonna be people that hate everything you do, mm-hmm. and there's always gonna be people that love it no matter what, and then you're going to have those people that are in the middle. So there's just right. no way you're going to win everybody over all exactly. the time. Exactly. So with the new album, you brought in more acoustic and more of the jazz. Is that important for you to push yourself and try new things and bring new elements into the music? Yeah, absolutely. Because, um, I mean, as much as I love metal, I get bored of it after a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very, yeah. So what's something that you uh, want to try in the future or you're hoping to try in the future? Uh, you know, honestly, I don't know. Um, you know, I've started working on some ideas for that might be the next album. You know, you just here and there, you get like an idea, you know, in your head and you mm-hmm. start working on things. So I don't know. It's just for me at the end of the day, I just try to write the best songs that I can possibly write, whether it's, you know, whether it's metal, whether it's got elements of this or that, just whatever it is, I just try to write good songs. Right. Well, I was going to ask you, you know, when you look at, your fan base and you guys have been around, you put out material and, and products and stuff. Is there anywhere that would surprise you as far as having a larger audience? You know, it's cool. Like we, the, that's, that's the one good thing about Spotify is mm-hmm. you can actually see, you know, where your listeners are. Mm-hmm. And it's cool. Like we have a bunch of people that listen to us in like Chile and Finland are like two of the bigger the bigger countries that we have people listening to us, uh, which is interesting. I never, I mean, Chile I could see because I mean South America, just like Latin countries yeah. in general, are like love metal, whether it's instrumental or death metal, whatever right. it is. Yeah. And it's it's pretty cool to see Finland on there too. It's like kind of interesting. So that that's the cool thing is like those definitely surprised me. And that's the cool thing about you know with something like Spotify is you can actually like break down your demographic and see, all right, where are people listening to us the most? And you can go by country and see it. And that's really cool because that helps when you try to advertise, you know, that helps you kind of figure out, okay, like let's push ourselves here and here, maybe not so much here. Right. Yeah. So it really helps you break down like where your audience is. Would that, do you think that would help in um, making, you know, touring, decisions as with as much control as you would have like knowing knowing where people are listening to us would absolutely help us book tours Mm -hmm. i mean i know bands i mean i think metallica either metallica or iron maiden they did a poll where they had like based on spotify like where people were listening to them they would tailor the set list to each region nice based on how many people were listening to particular songs in that region like you can break it all down Oh, cool. So you can get, I mean, you can get real detailed with it. It's it's cool. It's very cool. It's really good to know where your audience is. Right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I didn't even think about the uh, set list song. Because it's, I mean, I can't imagine, you know, especially if you're art, an artist like Iron Maiden with their large catalog. 
It's yeah. like, how do you pick a set list? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you let the, I mean, I, I think at that point, I, I know Metallica's even done like the Metallica by request where they just, they let the fans pick the set list. You said something about, uh, you know, occasionally we get tired of a certain genre or whatever. Have you thought about maybe starting a different side project or maybe even this project doing a different type of style or of maybe not necessarily metal, but maybe like go crossover? more rock or maybe going a little uh. more. Not really. Um, you know, I like where we're going. You know, I think we can kind of do whatever we want because we're not bound by any restrictions. We do right. that. We do everything ourselves. So, I mean, we can, there's always going to be elements of metal, like no matter what, you know, even though, like I said, I get bored listening to it. Like I still love playing it. Yeah. So there's always going to be that element there, but I mean, we can do whatever we want. So if we want to do more, go in more of a jazz direction, we will, you know, if we want to go in more of this direction then we'll do it. So yeah, I mean, we can do really do whatever we want. Do you think as far as writing music, I think I was I read somewhere or something like it might have been Ozzy maybe where some of his tracks or the songs that he wrote, he'd never perform live because they weren't written to be performed yeah, it, live or it, it would be Ozzy. virtually impossible to perform them live. Yeah, it was Ozzy. Was it? Yeah. Um. So, you know, I, I wonder when you're writing music, if that is something that you take into consideration, because historically, when you look at like the progressive, quote unquote, style of metal, some of the songs are like, you know, uh, 10 minutes long, depending on which band, you know, and they're not really quote unquote radio friendly. Or they're just so technical that it's, you know, it's yeah, you can't to play live. Right. Like how much of a determination would that make or does it make does it not make any determination at all to you? Like, does it matter? You know? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it really matters. But I mean, we always have everything we write. We always have intentions of wanting to play it live. So mm-hmm. I think there is a line you have to draw when it comes to composing and arranging, orchestrating parts, because there are plenty of bands that they write these albums and they can't play them live because they went overboard with everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, we definitely try to avoid that. I mean, we yeah. have, you know, the keyboards and synth and stuff that's all backing tracks, but that's because we don't have a keyboardist, you know? And, right. and I mean, we would consider getting one, but it's like, we don't need a fifth member. We got four of us. Yeah. It's yeah. fine like that. You know, we can just do the keyboards like on backing tracks, playing to which click track. Yeah. Um, and that's it. You know, we don't we don't need to go overboard with anything. We don't need to have like 5000 guitar tracks stacked on one another that, you know, we're not going to be able to play live. So we definitely don't limit ourselves. But at the same time, we don't want to go too crazy that right. we can't play something live. Gotcha. So you guys have a healthy balance. Then. Oh, you definitely. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Implementing the kiss method, you know, keep it simple. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's sometimes <laughs> it's just the best way to go. Yeah. <laughs> If people want to you know, find that merch and they want to download the tracks or whatever, where's the best place for everybody to go? Uh, just go directly to our website, uh, ethereusband.com. It's all there. Videos, yeah. all the music. You can stream all the music. Everything is right there. All right. One-stop shop. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's so many bands out there I wish that would just do more of like a fusion and infuse all sorts of styles of music. Yeah, Without, I mean, if yeah. you can do it, like Rizzo does, like the whole flamenco thing. Yeah. Um, if you can, if you can do it well, you know, it's it's one thing to be able to play different styles. It's one thing to be able to blend them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a blast watching him play, though, because he literally just hooked up his little uh, iPad or his uh, his uh, yeah his, whatever uh, you call uh, it. Yeah, that iPad. 
It's not an iPad. iPod. 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 Yes, he hooks up his yeah. iPod to the speakers and just gets up there and starts jamming. Yeah, and yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, Chaos Order Renewal is a wonderful album. Um, you know. Yeah. Hopefully, you guys can make it up. I. To, yeah. I hope and make so. It up here and. We can see yeah, it. we we will. Yeah, eventually we'll we'll make it up there at some point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll keep yeah. our fingers crossed. Yes, yes. Well, Jay, I hope you had fun. I had fun. Yeah, this is great. Cool. Thank you. Well, we Thank really. You. Thank you. you. Know, you're welcome. We really appreciate your um, musicianship and and chaos order renewal. I just I just hope it takes off for you guys. And once yeah, once mean, yeah, you know, once we'll things see. yeah, once things <laughs> get back to the new normal is what I'm going to call yes. it. Whatever um, the new normal, yeah. Is whatever the be. new normal is going to be, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Hopefully, yeah. you guys will be on the road and people will be out there enjoying your 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 musical gifts for sure. Yeah, I, I hope so. All, right, All right, enjoy the rest of your night. I will. Thank you very much. You are so welcome. You have a great night. All right, thanks. You too. Yep. Bye. Bye.